This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige and engineering first. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello and welcome to the world's best construction podcast. I am Fred Mills and as always I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts Luke and Liam. And guys I've got to start this week by talking about the World Cup final. What a game! It was unreal mate. Pure drama. Argentina, France. I'm not the biggest fans of their football teams uh, but I was really happy that old Lionel Messi managed to get the World Cup. Um, it was magical, mate. Like just the the back and forth and the dr- like the last minute drive. Oh, it was sensational. Yeah, Maybe the, the best, best final ever. The plot mm. twists, like you just didn't see it coming, did you? Every time it was like, oh, they've equalised again. It's gone to penalties. It was it was unbelievable. And then they dressed. Uh, I saw someone on Twitter said they'd uh, they dressed Messi. <laughs> they dressed Messi in the uh, the gold edged negligee of glory, <laughs> which was a very weird thing to put on him as he won. <laughs> I'm not sure why I was wearing a little nicey, but but yeah, apparently it's some sort of traditional uh, Qatari dress for champions. So yeah, oh wow, yes, apologies for yeah, It's it, reserved but... for royalty, I think, usually, but they presented to him at the end yeah. of the match. So yeah. I thought that was a nice little gesture. So I was like, oh, okay. At first, Did... I thought it was a bit random, but I was like, oh no, that's. I thought it was cool. very random, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Did you guys see um, Salt Bay? You know, old Salt Bay, the the guy that charges ridiculous amounts for gold leaf steaks, and he pours the salt down his arm on it. He was, um, <laughs> yeah. he was, uh, he was on the pitch, and um, I watched a couple of videos, and he was like harassing Messi, like tugging at him, like yanking at his arm, trying to get selfies, and he's like, this is super awkward, like shots of him with the players holding up the the trophy, which I don't think you know, if you're not in the team or the, or the coach, you should be holding it. Um, but yeah, have a look at his Instagram. It's, it's super cringy. It's 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 kind of weird they let someone like that onto the pitch when <laughs> players are celebrating. You know, it's the last thing you want to do, right? They let him on there. They let yeah. him on there. He was like, oh yeah, let me just bowl it onto. Oh wow, that yeah, is mate. it was weird. Oh, yeah. Emmanuel Macron was on there as well. The French president was on there, like giving everyone a hug when they didn't really want a hug, giving them a little pep oh. talk, and it's like, can you just mate. go away because we've just lost the World Cup? So. Yeah, he was he was doing a giving a speech to the French team in the dressing rooms after that loss. I was just like, oh man, I saw like, that. just just let them grieve. Yeah, the like why have we got a politician? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also saw uh, up up in the up in the stands. I saw Elon Musk and Jared Kushner in a box together, which was a delightful little <laughs> delightful little Ooh. twist. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, mate. Yeah, pictures of it all that. over Twitter. Yeah. I didn't see that. Ironic, mate. Ironic. I was laughing because Elon Musk had uh, done a big tweet saying, I'm at the World Cup. I was like, if you just revealed your location, I was telling everyone we can't reveal your location. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
The world in 2022, yeah. eh? The year's coming to an end, but my goodness me, we're going out with a bang. Some weird yeah, stuff happening absolutely. out there. Some weird stuff happening. Anyway, bringing it on to this week's episode, just to just to close out the year with even more weird stuff, we have got a <laughs> tunnel built by a swarm of robots. I kid you not, this came out on tomorrow's build back on Tuesday. Very, very interesting innovations. We're going to be talking about that. Also coming your way, we've got a new 15-minute community being built in Queens, New York, London's 85 Graychurch... Yeah, so start again. London's 85 Gracechurch Street skyscraper, Zaha Deeds Arena of the Forest Stadium in Denmark, and some of your fantastic comments from the week peppered throughout the episode. Let's do this. First up this week, we have got a tunnel built by a swarm of robots. No, you're not hearing things. I kid you not, this is actually real. A new tech startup called HyperTunnel have used a swarm of robots to dig a tunnel. Now, we're going to go through and tell you how they did this and how it works. But first of all, guys, you've obviously seen this video. What was your kind of, what's your hot takes on seeing some robots dig tunnels? I think it's epic, mate. <laughs> I really do. I, I love like videos like this. I love like innovative products and things like that coming into the construction industry. Um, yeah, I just think, you know, you, we always hear so much, you know, um, the future of construction and people talk about swarm robots and AI and, and all, all, all of that sort of stuff. To see it in a, you know, obviously renders in a promo, it sort of come to life, come to fruition. Um, and, and for them to be testing it, I think it's I think it's awesome. It's like something out of Terminator. Swarm robots. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I was thinking the exact same thing, Liam. When, when I saw that um, this was what was going to be released this week, I was like, man, this is such an interesting topic. And the fact that it's affecting construction like this, it sounds so sci-fi. Um mm. I think it, it, it brings a lot of conversation to the table, though, good and bad. And that's what kind of makes it so interesting. Um, at the end of the day, you know, do humans want to be like digging tunnels manually? Pro- pro- probably not. They need like, uh, it, it takes a lot of work. It's dangerous, even with a lot of safety safety um, precautions in place. But with the ro- swarm of deathly robots that will do it for you, then, <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot better, isn't it? And it's, it seems like it could be more efficient in the long term, maybe even cheaper. But it's, I, I just can't believe we're saying that. Can you? Can you believe it's, like we're saying, yeah, they're, they're robots that can build tunnels? Like, wow. I mean, it's 2022. Anything can happen, basically, is what I've learned this year. Basically, and if you can dream it, <laughs> if you can think of it, or even if you can't think of it, it's going to happen in 2022. This is this is pretty out there. So long-term viewers of the B1M will know there are lots of ways of digging tunnels. There's by hand, like Luke said. I wouldn't recommend that, especially if you're building like a metro system or a new railway. You could do, but it might take you a long time. Then there's uh, the main kind of approach is the tunnel boring machine, the board tunnel technique. You'll see that on HS2 Crossrail. Most metro systems, most railway lines on the cities will be using a tunnel boring machine to dig their tunnels. Also, things like the immersed tube tunnel we covered on the Femon Belt fixed link. That's where they obviously prefabricate tunnel segments, drag them out to the middle of the ocean, sink them into trenches saying obviously as if you guys know this but i'm imagining a lot of you have watched that video it's quite, quite a big hit for us other things like cut and cover there's lots of ways to dig tunnels but this is pretty revolutionary 
is it worth me going through and just explaining to people how this actually works? I, is it worth me going through and explaining? It's a swarm of robots <laughs> digging a tunnel. <laughs> yeah, you definitely needs a bit of explanation <laughs> and a bit of context. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it just does sound like Terminator. Like what oh, it does that. We, I, yeah. you think of swarm yeah. robots? Right. So, I think of like a thousand robots just coming at it with shovels or something like that. <laughs> 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 let's just leave it as that let's just leave it as that in our, in our listeners imaginations that's what it is it's Terminator times a thousand turning up with shovels <laughs> <laughs> right so the process starts by drilling holes in the middle of the target area so you have a target area where you want your tunnel to start where you want it to be against a wall or a cliff somewhere that's where you want your tunnel to be if you don't have a wall or a cliff they normally will dig out a tunnel portal entrance area. So you see this on uh, the Northern Line extension in London, most metro subway lines around the world, uh, the HS2 project as well. They will dig a cutting to create a cliff face or a wall, which is normally where your tunnel will start from, sometimes called a tunnel portal, tunnel entrance, tunnel cutting, lots of different terms for it, but that's where you start off. So this process starts by putting a uh, load of holes in the middle of your target area where you want your tunnel to start. Those holes are then filled with special bore pipes. So they're drilled holes and uh, filled with special bore pipes. Samples of the soil are then taken out and used to create a digital twin, which is like a kind of virtual blueprint of the structure full of data explaining what the soil conditions are like, what's going on inside, what this area of ground is, is made up of. That is then fed to this army of uh, robots who basically, and then we're not talking Terminator here, we're talking sort of smaller, smaller tube-shaped <laughs> robots mm. that are placed down inside the pipes where they begin constructing the shell of the tunnel. So they do that by drilling a number of access points along the length of the pipes that they're in. Then they inject a kind of composite material into the earth which hardens to make the segments of the tunnel lining Tiny robotic cutting arms then carve chambers between those areas of material. They're filled with more of the same composite to create a hardened tunnel shell and basically create a continuous structure. Because the robots can pass each other inside the pipes, you can have lots of them working in there at once. And the, the guys behind this at Hypertana were talking about between 5,000 and 10,000 robots in the system all working away on this, uh, potentially moving five to 10,000 cubic meters of material every 24 hours. Like it's, it's, it's mental stuff. And then once that kind of tunnel lining is complete, drills are brought back in to dig out the soil in the middle. They're using autonomous excavators to dig out the soil in the middle, take that soil away again by autonomous vehicles and leave behind a ready-made tunnel that then needs to be fit out and installed as other stuff. Now, Listening to it like that, it is quite complicated and quite long-winded. But there are some advantages to this. So they reckon that tunnels can mm. be built 10 times faster and at half the cost of a conventional method like a tunnel boring machine or immersed tube tunnel or something like that. It's also much safer because humans don't have to go into the tunnel environment until it's fully built and constructed. So it's it's a safer environment for people to be in. Um. Yeah, but I mean, I having having knowing knowing quite a lot about tunnel boring machines and how they work and how safe that system is and how efficient that system is. I'm not. This sounds very cool. I'm not exactly sure it's going to become mainstream anytime soon. What do you reckon? Really, really, you're not sure. 
I thought it was going to be the tiny robotic hands that was going to sell it to you, mate. And that's it. Like, you're in. <laughs> when when you said that in the video, I was like, it just reminded me of, like, Jurassic Park. Like, the dinosaurs with the tiny, tiny hands on arms and that. That's what I thought of. But I I, I think I said this about, about a topic in a recent show, probably a few weeks back, maybe a month or so ago now. But... um. Just because we're at this point now, it doesn't mean it's not going to improve in the future. This is like, you know, Mark 1 of this kind of robot tunnel building thing. Um, in the future, it's going to be refined. It's going to get better, isn't it? Maybe even like nowadays, um, like with Teslas, they get software updates. Maybe the robots will get software updates and they'll become more efficient. So you don't even have to get a new swarm of deathly building robots do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. that sounds there's, like the basis for a movie plot doesn't it like there's a software update gone wrong they're tunneling to the center of the earth what's going on <laughs> well a lot a lot of it does mate Sandra a lot Bullock, of it does matt damon um, done and the thing is like robots and ai in particular are in the news all the time at the moment aren't they you know mm-hmm. do we do we know much about the mechanics of the actual robots and like how the what are they charged? Are they battery operated? I believe they're battery operated. I'm not sure. It's a good question, Liam. I, I, they must be battery operated. They must be. There can't be a yeah. power system down there. I, I don't know. But they have done a trial tunnel. So they've, they've um, the UK's network rail, which is not to be sniffed at. Network rail basically they run the railways in the UK. Uh, are working with Hyper Tunnel and have commissioned uh, a trial, which has been done. It's only six meters long, two meters high, and two meters wide, which is about big enough for a pedestrian to walk through. Um, but hey, it, it was a trial; it worked. Uh, we've got some of that in the video. It looks pretty good. You know, it, they've they've done it for real. Obviously, there's a there's a big distance between a big difference between a six meter long tunnel and one of these two kilometer, twelve kilometer tunnels on the HS2 network. Mm. But um, yeah, like you say, Luke, it's early days. I I just. At the minute, I can't quite see the quantum leap with this between what this is doing and the efficiency of a tunnel boring machine. But um, hey, maybe I'm maybe what, I'm going to that. What you you just think it's more? You just think it's generally a lot more uh, efficient, cost effective to to stick to traditional method, or I, I just think the, the tunnel boring machines have been advanced to a stage now where you know they they're very good at dealing with soil conditions. They've created an incredibly efficient and safe system there's conveyor belts that take the soil straight back up to the surface there's all kinds of systems on the back of them so that people can work and stay down there with the machine as it goes through the tunnel the machines put segments into the tunnel walls as they move forward so the tunnel is built as the as the machine moves forward it can't collapse it's very safe or it's very hard for it to collapse it's it's much safer i find that very efficient very safe very straightforward and this just feels a bit like there's there's just so much going on that could go wrong potentially. There's so much extra work you've got to do to get it finished that it. I don't know if, if if they're talking about this level of efficiency, like the amount of material in this amount of time. If it's ten times faster and half the cost, then yeah, sure, it becomes a a big thing. Mm. But mm. I'll believe it when I see it. I think. Mm. Mm. Okay. Bit of a bit of a boomer response from you, Fred. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pragmatic, I thought you'd be. I can see. Yeah, fair. I, I thought you'd be. Uh, I love no, the I, idea. I, 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 just, I can see. I can see light at the end of the tunnel. I can see light at the end of the tunnel. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it just it just feels a bit far fetched. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah, fair. I mean, AR and VR would have been, you know, sounded a bit far-fetched, what, 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I agree with Luke. I think it's you've got to start somewhere. This is the start of it. You know, progress progresses over the ultimately, years. Ultimately... Yeah, ultimately, you want um, you want robots to be doing jobs, and AI maybe to be doing jobs that humans are either going to get wrong, or that humans don't want to do. You know, they don't want to do that. You know, humans aren't necessarily designed to be like. Let's think about truck driving. You know, people are saying that tr- truck driving is a job that maybe in a few years, in a decade, or whatever, might not exist, and that's a shame for a lot of people who. Uh, truck drivers or lorry drivers whatever but does 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 is is a kid born wanting to be a truck driver is a kid born wanting to be a lorry driver maybe not and maybe it's time for like automation to take over that sort of role and for that human life to learn something else and to do, do something else potentially that they would be happier doing i don't know it's really complicated i'm not trying to take away from anyone who does love truck driving like i know there's truck driving simulators out there that people play so obviously people there are people out there that enjoy it but i i i don't know with with this i can see that it's almost like the perfect situation for a swarm of robots to come in and help us build stuff and before you know it, it'd be skyscrapers before you know it it'll be these little robots and skyscrapers putting cladding like on on a tower it's gonna be beautiful mate it's gonna be beautiful (laughs) that's that's a youtube video right there i think um i think the automation thing i can understand why people i completely get why people feel threatened by it unsettled by it Mm. unsure about it and i i i have experienced that myself i totally totally get where they're coming from i think just for context in construction there's a very severe We've talked about it before. There's a very severe skilled labor shortage at the moment. There are not enough skilled people coming into the construction industry. But at the same mm. time, construction's under immense pressure to build more efficiently, more sustainably, and particularly in housing, to build a lot more housing and in much more affordable housing for people you know, very quickly. There's a huge need at the moment to build more houses for the millions of people across the planet who need housing. So the industry's under a lot of pressure to build more buildings quicker, more sustainably, but is at the same time grappling with this skilled labour shortage. And that's forced the industry to look towards automation and to look to other techniques of getting things done. And that's that's with everything from design to uh, pricing, measuring, takeoff, right through to how things are prefabricated in factories or built on site. There's automation's come about partly because of the rise of technology and the fact that these things are now available but also partly because there just aren't enough people around to do these jobs and people complain that these jobs are being automated well there aren't enough skilled people coming into the industry people say it's taking jobs that's that's not the case it's that there's no one doing those jobs so they're having to be automated a lot of the time that's an interesting take mate that's a really interesting, and and that's information that I don't think even myself. I've heard you say that before, and I don't always process it and take it in and think, "Oh, hang on, that is true." You know, they you tune out. You tune don't out take that the wrong way. He's <laughs> <laughs> off again. There he is. Can you say something? Do you know what though? It- 
it's it's good to see though that this was um being done in the uk you mentioned it a second ago but like with by network rail i think that's really good and it's it's almost if if i would have heard this story um without any mention of places i would have thought ah this is being done in like china or like up in uh boston by who who the robotics uh um, Boston Dynamics, like MIT, isn't it? Boston, Boston, Di- Boston Dynamics. It's up in Boston, so what's it called? Oh yeah, Boston <laughs> Dynamics. <laughs> I was halfway there, mate. Yeah, I was you, were, you were. There. <laughs> but but I, I would have thought, oh, you know, this this is going to be uh, used by those guys, or or uh, or in what's it called, like a beta experience, beta uh, test in those areas, those places. But no, UK Rail are, are, are testing it. And I think that's... I'm really happy to see that. I'm really, really happy to see that. And hopefully that's a positive sign for HS2 and for maybe future rail in the north of England that's really needed. Um, it's, it's exciting, and especially if long-term, in 10 years' time, in a few years' time, it does lower the cost of this sort of construction method. That's a massive deal, man. That is a massive deal. So I'm I'm really excited to see where this goes, even if it is, you know, even if we do have to be a little bit worried about, you know, Liam asking about their batteries and stuff, you know, oh, you know, can they just go on forever? What is the best <laughs> way to kill them if they do rebel <laughs> against their masters? <laughs> so there's that as well. Was there a... Um- this is well. It's related to the video. Was there a scene from Austin Powers inserted in there? The evil layer. <laughs> Sorry, Luke. I feel like the video is the the, the the guys listen to the podcast, and I feel like they've put that in there on purpose for a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it made me laugh when I saw it. Was that? Yeah, yeah. In the middle. Liam of the video. thinks Liam thinks I'm like Austin Powers people. A little In bit. case you missed that episode, <laughs> I, I, I remind him of Austin Bowers. It's so unfair. You're nothing like Austin Bowers at all. Like, thanks, I'm, Fred. I, I can't see it. I can't see That's it. It's a compliment, mate. Thanks, mate. You know the mannerisms. Yeah, I'll take it, mate. I'll take it. <laughs> what do you reckon uh, to hypertunnel, Liam? Can you see it becoming a thing? Okay, mate. If um, since it's backed by National Rail, I think they will want to implement cheaper methods to them expanding. Um, yeah, and I mean, my my main thing was when I was watching the videos. Okay, cool. If they can develop the technology, who's going to take a punt and be the first contractor to take this new technology on board? Because if it doesn't work out, it's you know a big. Um, cost to them, but National Rail is obviously funding it. It's, it's part of their business. Um, so I think, I think, yeah. I mean, it'll get as far as it can go with the current technology. I think. Yeah, I'm not sure Network Rail are funding it. They've done a trial with Hyper Tunnel. Um, they've done a uh, go, yeah. partnership together to do a trial. I'm not sure if they're funding it, but yeah, it's definitely it's good to have a massive name like that, like behind it and investing, you know, their time resources into into a new kind of technology. Like this is is fantastic and yeah as i said i <laughs> as we've established i'm a bit of a skeptic i'm not sure it's going to become a thing anytime soon but let's let's see let's see where it goes am i wrong guys let me know get us your comments coming in podcast at the b1m.com can you see this tunnel becoming a thing 
would you go through a tunnel built by a swarm of robots? Uh, do you know if they're battery powered? What should we do if they take over the world? <laughs> Get your comments coming in. Podcast at the B1M.com. <laughs> Also in the news this week, we are heading over to New York for a change in this podcast. We're going to go and talk about New York for a moment. Uh, but Queens, New York, bar we don't normally cover much, where a new 15-minute city development is being built. So this is called Innovation QNS, which is... I'm not sure who's naming these developments. We should probably do a competition with our listeners for the, the most ridiculous named development of the year. But anyway, this one is snappily called Innovation QNS. New district being built, designed by ODA. It's going to have new homes, offices, uh, retail and cultural spaces, a 40,000 square foot new public park, because there aren't many parks in this part of the world. So they're putting in a new park, which is really good. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, but as mm. I said, most intriguingly is this new 15-minute city concept that the whole thing's built on, where all of your amenities and services everything you need in your life is located within a 15 minute walk or public transport ride from your home so your job your supermarket your school doctors wherever you may need to go post office either amazon collection hub point i, I don't know wherever, wherever it is you need in your life it's all within 15 minutes of your front door is the idea and the idea of that is to make cities more sustainable more community focused uh and yeah and it looks quite nice too i don't know what you guys think of this one but um they're taking down an old industrial building and a parking lot and putting up some green space, some nice-looking houses, and a 15-minute city. Looks great to me. I think it looks really nice. It kind of reminds me, someone, someone's actually said it in the comments, it looks a lot like King's Cross in London, that kind of coal drops yard um, vibe. I've also seen someone's someone's mm. commented as well, so basically a European city. Which is which is quite true because yeah. <laughs> to me, living in Europe for quite for quite a few years, it seems quite standard to me to have all those things, you know, within a walking distance. It's quite it's quite rare to get in a car or get on the tube to go shopping or you know get some bread, get some milk, or whatever you got to do. So it's quite it's quite standard for me. Someone else saying they should uh, they should add a basilica in <laughs> to make it feel like a more European city. <laughs> it's very European. Well, they pretty much have, haven't they? The park is basically like the the, the square, the basilica. But I think, um, yeah, I, I look at this initially when I glanced at it, I thought it was London, and I'm not I'm not just saying that. I, I genuinely thought it was it was London, even. The, the architecture of this concept looked it looks like new London vernacular, doesn't it? Um, but I am a fan of it. I love the concept. I think it's a fantastic concept, you know, taking an old bit of land that's, that's from a different era and turning it into something that is maybe not traditionally American, but can be American. Um, I, I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. And I love that it's, it's, a, it's a scheme focused on community and an idea not just let's build a massive skyscraper and sell it to like luxury you know target markets i i I like it i'm a massive fan of this i think it works really well so well done queens it's quite telling i think you said it looks like london and some of the comments are saying looks like a european city i think that speaks a lot to what it's trying to achieve Mm. and to how different this is for most U.S. urban centres. You know, they, they don't normally do this. Someone commented, 
Americans seem to be learning how the rest of the world live in walkable cities with no need to drive a car or even worse, drive milk, drive miles just to buy milk. So, yeah, I think that there's this. It does look very different to your typical U.S. city because it's it's doing. It's got a lot of principles in it that a lot of U.S. cities have failed to do. Unfortunately, a lot of U.S. cities mm. are very car centric. There's a lot of highways. It's not every U.S. city, I should say. It's not you know. Be fair, it's not every U.S. city for balance. But um, oh. yeah, this this does feel different because it's not conventional U.S. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. What do you guys think of the the chairs in the third to last photo? Do you have a seat on them? <laughs> the chairs. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Looks super comfy. Oh don't yeah. They? Random, right? I've seen them on TikTok. <laughs> the seesaws. A lot. There's someone there. that spins around on them on TikTok. Oh, they spin round. Is- no. Yeah. There's. I think there's a panda sat in one spinning around on TikTok. I've seen. Yeah. Oh right, man. If you guys don't know, you can't see this. You can listen to a podcast. They're like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Mate, the TikTok algorithm knows me better than anyone. I'm telling you, better than my wife. Um, (laughs) If you're listening to this podcast, because you are, it's a podcast. These are circular like chairs that are sort of leaning on their sides, and if you sit in them, you can spin around. I haven't described that very well, but go on TikTok, you'll see it there. Also in the third slide of this post up on the Tomorrow's Build Instagram account. So, uh, yeah, go and check it out. Thanks for that insight, Liam. Yeah. It was uh, a <laughs> twist I wasn't expecting. but <laughs> oh. Yeah, we like this. We like this. Innovation Q&S in Queens, New York. Go and check it out on Tomorrow's Build's Instagram, 15-Minute City. I think there's a lot to learn from the 15-Minute City concept in all of our cities. We've spoken about it before on this podcast and many times on both the B1M and Tomorrow's Builds. But uh, yeah, good to see more developments employing that technique. Now, we are swinging over to the world's greatest city, London, United Kingdom, where a new 32-story skyscraper has been announced. Now, there's been a lot of skyscrapers this year in London. If you cast your mind back through previous podcasts, we have had the 285-metre 55 Bishop's Gate in the City of London, which is enormous. Very exciting to see that one going up. Uh, the 200-metre 18 Blackfriars south of the river, which is going to be pretty interesting seeing that one go up as well. That's got trees on it, as you might expect. Uh, and today's one is 85 Grace Church Street, which also has some trees on it. This is, as I said, 32 <laughs> stories going to rise behind a retained facade of a 1930s office building so they're keeping the front wall of that uh, 1930s office building which is very very beautiful demolishing the building behind it and then building a new skyscraper up and incorporating the old facade the old front of the building into the new building which is pretty incredible first five stories are going to be mixed use there's a new public hall a heritage walkway some retail space and then 27 stories above are going to be yet more offices in the city of london 37,000 square meters of new office space coming into the city of london post pandemic which is uh, which is pretty interesting but there you go uh, and as expected guys as with every skyscraper seemingly announced these days we've got some trees and some plants across every single level going on I love this. I think some of those renders look like they're going to be appearing on an Andor set sometime soon. Looks very, very Star Wars. What do you guys think? You're trying to butter me up, ain't you, with the Star Wars talk, Fred? <laughs> it <laughs> looks like a Star to, Wars set. You're trying to get me on board, mate. No, um, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. 
I think this isn't just gorgeous. I think this is absolutely phenomenal. This is Ooh. maybe one of my favorite tower concepts of the year. Um, and I love that it's not too big. I love that the cladding isn't just all glass. You know, we're starting maybe to see a move away from all glass facades. And I'm happy about that. It looks like a shout and, and, and maybe an echo to old London skyscrapers of like mid-century, you know, um, 1960s towers. Uh, I think it works so well. It, it, it introduces another walkway into Leadenhall Market. It's th- just everything about it screams quality to me. And even, even the top, like the sort of stepped down approach from the east side of the tower it looks beautiful and not only that it's it's bridging a gap in between the main bit of the cluster where 22 bishops gate is and the cheese grater to the to the walkie talkie so when you look at this skyline from the west which is where most people see it from from central london it's bridging that gap i i'm i am a massive fan this is maybe one of my favorite skyscraper projects Going. All right, Lou. Just go on a date with it, why don't yeah. you? Goodness me. Yeah, mate. I might. Yeah. I think just I'm going to have to buy a dinner. <laughs> the trees stuff is a bit gimmicky. Do you know what I mean? We've seen that a million and one times, and I think you could. I think you could do without it. Actually, I think that's the only thing I'd criticise it for. You don't need the the, the shrubbery on there. Just have it without. <laughs> yeah. I think it would look very bland without it. Would you reckon, Liam? I think I think the trees are the only thing for me. I'm, I'm not. I'm. I'm kind of on the fence. I think the trees, without the trees, I think it's. It's. I don't think it'll be that appealing. I don't think. I think it'll look quite bland. I don't. I'm not a fan of the step down approach mm. either. But then I think it's all kind of like what? You know, when, you, when you're walking around there. When you're walking around really that part like of London. It's very crowded. I just feel like it's just gonna make everything a lot more smaller when you're down on the ground. I like the front facade, the how they've kept that. The big opening is beautiful. I like the mm. interior. But I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like the renders are going to look a lot better than the finished product. Do you think? Yeah. I think it's going to come down to what materials they use. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you look at the... the and it, I think that's why I like it as well. It's the, the, the materials from the render, and you're right, mate. It does come down to the execution and the final product. But the, the, the materials look solid. It just looks like a London skyscraper. Mm. Do you know what I mean, Fred? Do you know what I'm like, I mean, coming I, from? I'm very on board with this. I do really like it. I, I, I don't think I'm quite where you are, like it's the best thing ever to be designed ever. But I, it is very good. Uh, well, it's a welcome... <laughs> Welcome addition to the city of London. Um, mixed bag in the comments here. So on the in the positive column, we've got people saying the London skyline just gets better and better. It looks nice and friendly. This is absolutely outstanding. Other side of the fence, we've got the London skyline makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, excessive <laughs> greenery is being used just to make it look better. No offence, but this looks generic and cheap. I love when people say no offence and then go on to cause extreme offense like yeah. no offense but it looks generic and cheap <laughs> that's that's quite offensive so yeah it's disrupting the typical london skyscraper where it's all glass i do quite like that agreed yeah 
and I think the, the the I think the London skyline. I've I've quite I've become quite a defender of the London, the city of London skyline. And Fred, even when we we're on our mandate uh, a few weeks ago in Central, we were talking about this, weren't we? And I think that <laughs> I think that at least the London skyline doesn't look like a copy and paste skyline from another continent. Right to me, I look at it. It looks like London. Yes, it's it's a crazy mix of different shapes and concepts, but that's exactly what London historically has been. And I think I'd I'd, I'd rather that be the main skyline than something like Canary Wharf in in East London, which I I love the Canary Wharf skyline. I love that Americanized skyline, but. You know, it's exactly that. It's Americanized. It's everyone's got that, isn't they? Do you know, I agree. It's not there is a there is a coherent identity to it, despite the randomness. And I, I don't know what you mean, Luke. I think it was interesting. Actually, this week was a year ago that Richard Rogers died, and we did some stuff on uh, social media about mm. that. And you know, Scott paying tribute to his work, really. And you know, t- two of his two of his he built two skyscrapers in the city of London, both of which are incredibly notable. Both the uh, the Lloyd's Building, which is transformational, it, it turned architecture on its head, literally turned inside out. It was a pretty dramatic building. Still to this day, looks awesome. Uh, and the Leadenhall Tower as well, that kind of uh, the, the cheese grate you might know as that uh, angle-shaped building that basically preserves the sight lines of St. Paul's Cathedral. Both from the same guy, both completely different looking, and both in the City of London, both working successfully together in the City of London. Yeah, I agree with you, Luke. It's... it's it, it's weird, it's random. On paper, it shouldn't work, but put it all together, and it does work, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Just go on the uh, B1M social media and look at the look at the render of the future London skyline on like the second from last post, or yeah, second from last post, and you'll see what I uh, see what we mean. But if you disagree, let us know because that's fine. We welcome it. Even and if, if you're, you're listening wrong, to this in uh, six months' time, it won't be the second to last post, but you have to just go down and find it, basically. It's just, we posted it on the 19th oh, of December. The second... <laughs> I'm oh, in the carousel, the carousel. Oh, God. Come on, Fred Adaya, mate. Come on. It's like being, being with your parents. How do we print? I don't know. Is it turned on? Oh. Shout out to my dad. My <laughs> dad do listen to this. My dad do listen to this, so shout out to them. I've now offended them and their IT skills on air, so... <laughs> I'll pay for that over Christmas. But yeah. <laughs> uh, now, also this week, we are heading over to Denmark, where a new part timber football stadium is going to be built. I, well, I should declare at the start, it's a Zaha Hadid building, so already I'm probably going to like it. As we know, I, I don't tend to dislike much that Zaha Hadid do. This is called the Arena of the Forest. It's uh, a kind of a new stadium that's being built, partly set into a forest park in the heart of the city. Really impressive. It's got uh, a single tier of seating. It's not a huge stadium. It's kind of quite minimal in its approach. But yeah, part timber. Sorry, part timber. It replaces an existing stadium on the same site. Design and construction aims to be uh, as sustainable as possible, so they are recycling and reusing the existing the existing stadiums, materials, and components as far as possible. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's beautiful. It's very low key, understated, but has that signature Zaha Hadid style to it. We've got snow, we've got trees. The stadium's design is informed by the shape of trees, the form of trees that are around that surround it, the forest landscape that surrounds it. I think this is beautiful if a little bit understated what do you guys think yeah mate i love it i think the low-key subtleness of it 
just makes it look really, really nice. Does that make sense? Like it just looks. Mm. I find a lot of stadiums when we cover them and we we look at the renders and things. It seems to be a lot going on, and the designers are trying to do much, do too much for like a stadium. Um, I think this is just it, it looks awesome. I think so, someone's mentioned it in the comments the curvature of the timber on the outside. Just it just looks great. Yeah, low key yeah. subtlety is very much my uh, my vibe that I go for in life. Really, just uh, it's kind of my look and <laughs> <laughs> what people say about me. Oh, Fred, yeah. Fred Mills, low key subtlety. <laughs> I get that a lot. You're kind of like low key and subtle, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, historically on the pod, I've not been a big fan of a lot of stadiums, as you guys know. Um, whether it's Teletubby Land or the awful sta- uh, stadium in Switzerland. Um, but this, I think, again, uh, maybe it's because of the end of the year or something, um, but I think this is outstanding. I think this is stunningly good. Um, the use of timber, uh, the curvature, the, the white curved pillars, it, there's just not a lot to dislike about it. I think it's fantastic. It looks like a football stadium as well. It doesn't look like a pretend like, oh yeah, everyone's like I could imagine, right? Realistically, a bit of litter on the ground. I could imagine that. I could picture that. And it doesn't ruin, although I would rather not have the litter, it doesn't ruin the whole design of it. It's not a forest stadium, a pretend in the middle, like what um, the Italian guys uh, concept oh, yes, the of San Siro redevelopment. Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't. I, that that design to me felt so detached from reality, and yet this it feels feels yeah stunning. It feels realistic, grounded, very Scandinavian, and brilliant. Yeah, it's it's. I think again, my favorite. Stadium design of 2022, Fred. Oh, so I don't know what's going on, mate. You've been saved, saving these, haven't you, mate? For, what, for what, this special this year. Oh, there you go. It's I one, do, it's yeah, one yeah. Luke's seal of approval. Yeah, it's um, it's fantastic. I think fantastic. Yeah, again, mixed bag in the comments. I say that actually, it's mostly positive. There's one person said this has to be the most tame, one of the most tame designs by Zaha Deed ever produced. It is. It is pretty low key, but it's still got that Zardine <laughs> signature flair to it, I think, which is why I think that's why it's almost more skillful because they've kept it low key. They've met the brief, but still put their stamp on it in some way, which I think is really clever. Um, a few comments on this one about the the fact that this is built in the middle of a forest and that they might be destroying forest. We should say this is actually built on, as I said at the beginning, this is built on the site of an existing stadium. So they're taking down one stadium putting a new stadium up there's not like there's acres of mm. forest being cleared for this so just to just to clarify that for anyone that's commenting or listening to the podcast uh we're not just cutting down forest to build stadiums this is uh, <laughs> replacing an existing stadium so so yeah so um yeah it's been a, been a big year isn't it 2022 there's been a lot going on I'm looking forward to i think next episode we're going to do a wrap-up of uh key things and interesting things and anecdotes we've enjoyed from this year which should be good fun but uh yeah you guys you guys had a good year Yes, mate. I uh, yeah. I got to work with you guys, didn't I? It's been fantastic. Oh, it's been really oh, good. Mate. It's been, re- but you're right. It has been a really interesting year. Like you said, it feels like anything is possible. It's l- it's like reality is fiction. 
Yeah, get that printed on a T-shirt. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Fred? Did you did you have a good twenty twenty two? Or are we covering that next episode? I don't know. <laughs> it was a roller coaster, mate. It was a roller coaster. I think. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do a final episode. So between Christmas and New Year, guys, we're going to give you a nice final episode wrapping up. Some of the cool things that happened in 2022, and I think more excitingly, looking ahead, some of the top projects they're going to be completing in 2023. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, mate, it's been the fastest year of my life. There's been amazing things happening. There's been terrible things happening. Uh, the news I give up on. It's just like anything could happen. It's all, everything's everything's going on. Elon Musk's running polls on Twitter now, saying he's going to quit or not quit, and I don't know what's going on. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm... I mean, can twenty can twenty three be any more crazy? Can it be the same? I, I don't know. How was your Liam? How was your year, Liam? It's good, mate. I was, yeah, I was going to say two thousand twenty three can't be as bad as two thousand twenty two, like surely. Just with the globe, <laughs> the, the state of the the world, right? Surely we're gonna we're gonna ease into a better year. I'm looking. For, I'm looking forward to to having a break, mate. Coming back two thousand twenty three, starting again. Good to go. <laughs> Having a few beerios or whatever you call them, schooners, <laughs> schooners, schooners, right? Is that skewies. What? Yeah. Well, skewies. Well, listen. Um, a highlight for me, Fred, was our latest review on Apple Podcasts. Um, from none other than Jeffy P's Disco. <laughs> Jeffy P's Disco left us a review. <laughs> Five- <laughs> <laughs> do do either of you guys know this guy? Do you know this? No, mate. Do you know this guy? Don't, don't this know this one. No. How's it spelled? Available right. now for kids. Kids' birthday Je- parties. Jeffy. Bar mitzvahs. <laughs> Wait. Jeff. <laughs> so Jeff is spelled J. No, this is for real. J E double F Y. Yeah. Right. Jeffy P's Disco. Yeah. Via Apple Podcasts. It says, great casual chat related to the YouTube channel. Genuinely love the intro music. Get excited every time I hear it and wait for it. He says this gorgeous. There Mate, you go. It sounds like you're on the 12th oh. of December. Oh, yeah. It's your burner account, Luke. Hey. Plug in your own intro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the gorgeous as you, well. Mate. I was yeah. like, yes, mate. I'll, I'll, I'll claim both of those. I'll claim both of those. <laughs> I reckon he's got, got a van outside his house that says Jeffy P's disco on the side. He's actually like a secret. <laughs> he just goes around kids' birthday parties with his old CDs. <laughs> yeah, classic. We love your reviews, guys. Get them coming in. We need more reviews on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We love reading them. If you want your review to be anonymous, if you want your email to be anonymous, if you're frightened of emailing us or leaving a review or whatever, use a different name or just say in your email you don't want to be mentioned or called out. That's absolutely fine. Not a problem at all. We just want to hear from you. We want to get your feedback. Please get involved. Email us. Drop us your comments. We've got lots of good stuff uh, we've covered today. We had the tunnel built by a swarm of robots, which came out on tomorrow's build. Uh, let us know what you thought about that. 
the new 15-minute community being built in Queens, New York, London's 85 Grace Church Street skyscraper, which Luke is apparently going to start dating quite soon because he seems to be absolutely in love with it, <laughs> and Zaha Deeds Arena of the Forest Stadium in Denmark. Guys, let us know what you think. Get us your comments coming in. Podcast at the And we're going to see you next week. Do you have anything to sign off with, Luke and Liam? Anything you want to leave people with? Any nuggets of uh, gems of wisdom before we say goodbye? Yeah. Ne- never pat a burning dog. What? That'll get, <laughs> Thanks, That'll get us the good reviews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never pat a burning dog. You said right? that any advice. Like there you go. Stuff like that, you just don't get any other podcast too. It's just like this is what people are here for the quality, the quality. <laughs> Guys, leave us a review, click that five star button, and we will see you next week. <laughs>